Hi there. Thanks for tuning into the Career Change Pro podcast. I'm your girl Ola, and I'll be speaking or having career conversations with amazing trailblazers, people daring to be all that they can be. We'll be discussing the failures, the successes, and the pivotal moments. So you can expect to be inspired, have a mindset shift, and gain tools and practical resources to find the careers you love and make a difference where you live. So tune in. Here we go. Hi guys, welcome to another edition of the Career Change Podcast, where we talk to working women and help them achieve their dream to launch, start a dream career, whether that be a job, a business, or even just a passion project. Today, we're going to be talking about all things finance. And today we have our special guest, Paula Perry. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for coming on. Greetings. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. So uh, without going any further ado, could you give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do? Yes. Uh, hello, my name is Paula Perry. I'm the founder of an organization called You For Us, which is dedicated on breaking negative generational cycles. So I focus on areas of finance, education, and parenting. I work predominantly with women to take back control of their finances and to able to set themselves up to increase their finances for the future. Uh, because our habits with money and our relationships with money is very important in order to pass on to the next generation. Um, I'm also financial advisor specializing in personal protection. So I educate the community on the importance of having insurance in place, whether that be income protection, critical illness cover, life insurance, and a number of other insurances. I work alongside children. So I go into schools as well and teach financial literacy, literacy and management. I also work alongside the community in spaces of local schools and a facilitator in prisons as well. Um, and finally, I'm an author, co-author of two best-selling books that are educational books around Black history. It's a lot there. That's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot there. Tell us a little bit about your books before we go into the yeah. So in 2017, we published our first book called Black British History, Black Influences on British Culture. It's an educational book aimed at key stage three children, which is from age 11 to 14. However, many adults are unaware of the information in the book. It's written in line with the national curriculum. It has 32 lessons in there, all dedicated to raising the aspirations of um, young black children um, and also having the ability to showcase how black people have been positively influencing British culture. Brilliant. I, I think I need to get myself a copy of that book. You most definitely do. <laughs> and I think why, why I say that is particularly we sometimes forget the heritage we have and it's we don't talk about it enough for our children for uh, the girl child, the male child, but every, in society, because when you see other people doing the things you wish to do, you're inspired and um, uh, you're inspired and motivated to go out there and do those things yourself. Exactly. And the beautiful thing about the book as well is that it doesn't just focus on one area. So you've got positivity in all disciplines of life. So you've mm. got politics, uh, medicine, literature, art, sports, music. So black people have been positively doing things in all facets of life. 
Really good, really, really excellent. So we're going to, we're going to start the, um, before we start, I have really enough questions. Tell me a bit about yourself. And what I mean is the backstory, mm-hmm. the thing that makes you who you are today. Okay. Now, many people on this channel are people that are yearning for change, want to do something different, or they don't really know they need to do something different. But <laughs> when they hear stories like yours, they inspire. So tell us how, I know you, you were working in nine to five before. So let's yeah. tell us a little bit about your transition story and the one lesson, or let me rephrase it, the one thing you would have done differently if you had to start your transition again. Okay. All right. That's a really, really good question. So my transition, um, professionally, I have, I'm a project manager, program manager for over 17 years. So I've worked for local government organizations. I've been a commissioner managing um, pan-London multi-million pound projects across, um, across London. And I absolutely love that. When I first got involved in doing project management, I worked for an organization called the London Development Agency. It's not here anymore, but it was the first organization that I went into that sole purpose was helping others. And I didn't realize there was an organization out here. Purpose was helping local, muni- local communities, helping upskill people for jobs, helping businesses. So that's how I got into project management and absolutely love it. I've de- delivered some beautiful projects um, across the country, capital and, and community-based. And me started my own organization, You For Us, originally started in 2016. Although I started the organization from 2013, and to be honest with you, Ella, the idea has been in with me from way before that, but it takes time for you to get the confidence to step in and start doing something towards it, right? So I started You For Us events um, in 2016, which were financial literacy events, because I've always been good with money and that's because of my childhood my backhood the difficulties I had I kind of saw things happen in the wrong way that made me go in the opposite direction okay and um, I started these events to help the community understand that money is not a tool just to be spent it's a tool that can help you create more money and I realized many of us live payday to payday or we're mismanaging our money, we don't have no savings, no emergency funds. And I thought, actually, if I could just show simple steps on how to do that, people will be able to use that for the rest of their life and transfer those skills onto the next generation. So I started doing these events. I started gaining um, speaking events. I started to get known for the events because not many people were doing it at the time when I originally started. Um, So I was doing it alongside my full-time job. To be fair with you, people, when I left full-time job, they were like, you had a full-time job? Like, because I was so busy and active. So my transition, if I'm really honest with you, was there was a number of different restructures in my organization. My last organization I worked in um, was actually TFL. Um, And there's a number of different restructures. um, And it got to the point where I loved what I was doing when I was doing my stuff with you for us. I love interacting with people. I loved giving knowledge. I love helping people change their lives. And what was happening is my passion for that was outgrowing me being in my nine to five. Okay. Um, so it got to a point where I had to make a decision on, do you step out in faith 
and follow what makes you happy and joyful? Or do you stay miserable looking at your desk in your employment and in, in, in where you are? Um, and I made that plunge. I decided that, you know what, I'm going to step out in faith um, and do what I love, do what I, I feel happy about. Um, and to be fair, I've not turned back once. Like opportunities just keep coming at me. It's been amazing. So that transition was, however, let me go back to the why I made that transition as well. There's a couple of things there. I made sure that I had enough savings in place that would cover me for at least six months, right? Um, I've got adult daughters, so my daughters don't depend on me because they're adults. And if push come to shove, they would have stepped in and helped the home as well. So that gave me the foundation and the boost to be able to say, okay, I can step out with this move because this move because I know my finances taken care of for a minimum of six months. All right. Um, so that helped the transition. And then again, I'm just going back to passion. Like I was so passionate about doing this that. I said, I'm stepping out in faith, all yeah. right? And things I've written down, journaled and stuff like that. So sorry, I, I, I love, I'm just get passionate about this. So <laughs> one thing that I would say in my transition that I would change differently, just to answer your question, is if I'm really honest, I should have done this a lot earlier than I did. I should have followed my heart a lot earlier than I did. Um, and, and just had self-belief in what I was going to do because I would have been fine and as I am fine now. Wow, that is that is um, something to ponder on. You should have set out much earlier than you did. Mm. What do you think is the, how do you determine when to step out? Now you've already mentioned it, you've mentioned the finance. And you've mentioned when you just have belief in yourself. Before we start talking proper finance, is there anything else you think people should have in place before they take that plunge? Yeah, I think you have to have a plan. You have to set out your plan beforehand. Mm. You, you have to kind of map out journey of what you know what you're going to do how it's going to happen and um, start making your connections your links so in your mind you've got the confidence because you've got a plan um what stops us a lot of the time is that fear as well sometimes we need to push past the fear as well because the fear of the unknown and the uncertainty stops us from making any decisions on um doing doing any development um, in regards to change. No one likes change. Uh, 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 it's a natural instant. You don't like change, yeah? Um, you have to work with it and, and force yourself through change because I believe change is good. Um, so a plan needs to be there. You have to you have to silence the, the, the negative chatter as well, because you will, and we all have negative chatter, no matter how successful you are, no matter where you are in the change process, we have negative chatter. So you have to understand that that's a natural chatter that's trying to protect you because you're going into an unknown. But once you get to grips and, and make that chat to your friend, like, okay, thank you for your advice. However, I'm still gonna move forward, <laughs> okay? Um, I think that's crucial as well. Hmm. I was gonna add something to that. And that was, uh, while you were talking, you were saying, there are some people that also, before you, you leave, you, you have many ideas and you need to find clarity. You need to be clear on what you want to do before you take the plunge. Otherwise you just be weighing up and down, wishy-washy around. But 
to balance that statement, I also want to say that you find clarity in doing. Yes. If you sit there saying, I'm not sure yet, I want to be exactly sure, I want to be focused, I want to get all my ducks in a row, you don't actually do anything. So the best thing you can do for yourself, if you know you, you have something burning in your heart that you really want to start doing, find the smallest version of that thing to do, to do while you are in your nine to five, to start gaining confidence and also start gaining clarity. Because I mean, if you've said you want to become a horticulturist for, for whatever reason, and you, st you start in your garden and you find out that actually there's a lot more work in this than I, <laughs> I think I just want to do it as a passion behind the scenes. You immediately know that when you have started doing, when you've taken on a project to do somebody else's garden, you, you, you kind of, it's, the, it's in the doing that you know. So yes, find clarity, but you can't find that clarity without doing. And you're going to find the confidence either without doing. And that's a, that's a crucial point. Mm -hmm. um, no one's born with confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence comes from the doing. Yes. Because once you do, you realize, oh, it's not that hard. Or, oh, I can do something. And a, a key statement is you never lose. You, either, you, you, you learn along the way and you gain. So if something didn't go away you wanted, you learn for the next time you do. And you gain more confidence as you go along. Okay, now let's get into the nitty gritty of this. You said it already, you made sure you had six months worth of savings to tide you through. Now, um, I'm Anne, I'm working my nine to five. I do not have an emergency fund and I definitely don't have six months worth of savings. How do I get there? What are the practical steps I need to take to create that six months worth of it. And must it be six months worth of my actual salary now? Or is there some, how do I determine what is, what do I need to survive every month? And how do I get there? How long do you think it will take me? Well, that's subjective, but what are the steps I need to take? The steps are, as we've just already mentioned, starting, okay? Starting to, to set out what you want to do. So we, again, the plan, what are your financial goals? set some financial goals for yourself, okay? I look at financial goals as short-term, medium, long-term, something that you want to achieve short-term that may be clearing outstanding debt, that may be to save some money for something, a medium-term goal, anything to between one to two years, long-term goals, three to five. We have to start somewhere. And what I find when people say they don't have any savings, Ola, what I realize is sometimes is that it's because we look at saving as an afterthought. We do everything else, pay everybody first, and then we think about paying ourselves last. And we've worked for the month. So one key thing is paying yourself or saving 10% of your earnings before you do anything else. So 10% of whatever you earn each month should go into your savings. You need to look at what you are spending on. Um, having a budget plan in black and white tells you how you are spending your money. A lot of the times we don't realize that we're spending two, three hundred pounds on lunch each month. It's about looking at renewing all. Sometimes we, we don't even renew our car insurance. We don't re, we don't look we don't shop around. Not renew. Sorry. We don't shop around. We just let things roll over. Last year or about two years ago, I, I, I've always shopped around two years ago. I saved over 400 pounds on my car insurance for the year just by shopping around. So that's practical things that you are able to do. Um, and then when you have a financial goal, you, you start planning and directing your money where it goes each month instead of wondering where it went each month. A lot of the time I was like, 
what did I spend my money on this month? We've all had it. Like, what, 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 what did I spend my money on this month? And that's because the money hasn't got no direction. Money's an energy. Like, it's an it's a energy flowing thing. Um, so that's, that's important to know. So those are some key t- points. Budgeting, paying yourself first, and also looking at how you're spending money now on how you're able to cut back in certain areas so it can go towards your emergency funds. It can go towards your savings. It can go towards your passion project as well. And, and also, I, I believe that there's always ways to make extra money as well. We've got things laying around in the house that somebody else would love. We can sell them on eBay, on loads of different sites that we can start selling items. Ola, I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's a few dresses and clothing and shoes in your wardrobe that you've bought and you haven't even worn. That could, that could go to someone else and earn some, uh, earn some money as well. True, true. <laughs> what, if, um, what if you're in debt? Mm. How is it? What should you focus on? Paying your debt or saving money? My view is... You need a debt management plan. Paying your debt is important. And you know why? Because once the the outstanding debt is cleared, that money automatically now goes towards your savings. So I I think it's a personal choice, Um, depending on circumstances with my personal clients and helping them with their debt management is how I go about how they tackle outstanding debt. But if you have got debt, my, my focus would be clearing your outstanding debt. Because once you've cleared that, that amount that you've been paying each month now is automatically free to go towards your savings. And you're, you're paying so much interest on outstanding debt that that interest you're paying also could go towards your savings. So I'm Anne again. Mm-hmm. Anne <laughs> has debt, but she has a passion project she really wants to do. She believes there's something else she, she needs to be doing and not her nine to five. She should wait until she has cleared all her debts before she leaves her nine to five to start. No, definitely not. Um, so if she, she, what she needs to do, and needs to start building up her passion project so she can start seeing if it's viable and how much money that actually brings in. Mm-hmm. I would look at if there's a loads of outstanding debt, I would keep both alongside each other to help. That's additional income there to help clear the outstanding debt. I, I believe when you have outstanding debt, if you are able to have additional income, um, get a second job that can help you clear that debt quicker, I advise that. I think that's a good idea as well. So I think Anne should keep her full-time job, start her passion project, grow it, continue to grow it, see, see that is viable and it's generating income as well. And that could be her, her salary could be helping clear her debt and her passion project that's generating income could would be um, a way of making her know that she is on the way to be able to step into that full time. Yeah, that's perfect advice. Now, you've been doing this for a while. You've helped a lot of people. Um, what are the common mistakes? Could you give us like five um, mistakes that you see people making in general when it comes to budgeting, finance, Oh, financial increase in any way, shape or form. Yeah. One is not having a budget at all, just winging it. That's a mistake. Whether you earn a hundred pound a month or a hundred thousand pounds a month, we all need a budget. Okay. So budget planning is important. Understanding your income, understanding your expenditure. We need, you need to know your numbers. And a lot of us don't know our numbers. Okay. Um, so, so that's, that's a crucial thing. 
starting now. Some of us believe when, when, we, when I get more money, things will get better. No, when you get more money, it will still be the same if you don't, set the, you don't fix the foundations. You start now. And then once starting now to, 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 to uh, um, develop your finances, to, to increase it, to start savings, to start having um, emergency funds starts now with, with whatever you have. And then that allows you to start increasing. I've got a saying that says, if you can't manage a thousand, you won't manage 10,000. Okay, so that's, that's something to think about as well. Um, what, what else would I say? Number three, start with saving. I mean, 10% of your income needs to be saved each month. You need to be paid first. So before the mortgage, before the gas man, before the food, before everything, you need to take 10% of your earnings and put it in your savings. Because then what you will have, then what you will do is you will manage with what's left. You will make sure what's left is budgeted and managed with what's left. A lot of the time we don't have any savings because we think about it after, like I said earlier in the conversation, we think, what have I got left to save? No, you've worked all month. You deserve to have 10% of that money before it disappears. All right. I'm sure everyone agrees with that. Number four, money is energy. Okay. A lot of the time we don't, we don't have that, that, that connection with money. You, you have a relationship with money and you need to build on that relationship. Sometimes we have negative experiences that we hold on to that we don't realize is impacting how we manage our money going forward. Um, that's why I created money affirmation cards. So I have money affirmation cards to help rebuild the money mindset. Because um, that's the last point I'm coming on to, building your, your financial mindset. It's, it's all about mindset. If you, if you go around saying negative things like, I'm broke, I've never got any money, um, I can't ever, so I'm always just surviving. Guess what? You're always never going to have any money. Mm -hmm. You're always just going to be surviving because the power of the tongue is so important to understand like what you profess out of your mouth will be your reality so we need to start reprogramming our mind to understand that we have to rebuild the relationship that we have with money in order to manifest in order to increase in order to have the abundance that each of us deserve it starts with the mind before we actually see it in the physical as well mm, that's really good i like what you said about the mindset because like that mindset thing is what trips most people up. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea of saving 10%. Does it have to be 10% though? No, you can start with 5%. You can start with 2% and build up to the 10%. 10% is the minimum that I think we should have. You know, if you're taking home 2,000 a month, I think you should be able to put 200 away. You know, 10% is the minimum. But like I always say, I prefer you to start somewhere than nowhere. So if it starts mm -hmm. with 2%, then we start with 2% and build it up. Um, but 10% is the ideal mark of you should be able to take um, save that before you do anything, anything else. Brilliant. We've been talking about budgeting and saving. And looking out there, there are many methods of saving, many ways of budgeting. What is your preferred process in terms of saving? How do you, is it simply just, this is your income, this is the expenditure? No, okay. I, I do a savings challenge that I started three years ago. I do it every year. Mm -hmm. um, and I've over a thousand people have joined the savings challenge. Um, and one of the saving pots is 350 pounds. And one of the saving pots is a thousand pounds. 
to be saved in 26 weeks, which is six months. Now, many people, when they first start, they say, oh my gosh, um, I, I've never been able to save, but I've made it simple. So for example, week one, you put one pound away. Week two, you put two pound away. Week three, three pound. For the higher amount, it starts with 26 and goes up. Now, what happens is I ask you to put it in a jar at home. What happens is once you start seeing that jar building, you, it gives you momentum. You start getting creative because you want to put more in that jar. You want to, it's a goal, it's a target. So mentally, it has an impact because you're seeing physically your jar increasing each week. So many people have completed the top, completed their 26 weeks. They've gone back and gone. They've done it with two jars. They've got the family, they've got the children getting involved because what happens is you start gaining discipline in maintaining your habit. And in order to have a habit, you have to do it on many occasions. So it says it takes 21 days to form a habit. You have to do something for 28 days completely every day to form a habit so money management saving um managing our money is a habit skill you need to develop that skill one way i think of of doing it having a job at home where you put savings in there um again i look there's a number of different ways like i have a budgeting and debt management whole workshop around this that provides you with the tools and the methods and everything that you you, you can use but i think that is one thing of saving with a jar at home having a target and continuously putting money into that and like i said it can start with 10 pence or it can start with 10 pounds that's really, really brilliant. What if, uh, uh, just before we leave that topic. Yeah. You said if you want to put in a day, put something in it every day. What if you get paid monthly? How do you do that then? What method can you use for somebody that is paid monthly? Yeah. So my savings challenge is as, as a weekly challenge. So right. week one, week two. So if it's monthly, what I would do is break that down into how much money that would be out of the month. So for example, um, if you was doing my challenge, uh, one, three, three, five, the first four weeks, um, four, sorry, I'm counting this out, four, <laughs> three, seven, eight, nine, nine pounds. So I would know my first four weeks is nine pounds. And then you would just pay nine pounds in, in into the jar at the end of the month. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. Now, you mentioned, you touched on it before. You said, um, if you need to find ways to increase your income, do so. Everyone is saying, find a side hustle. Mm. You've talked about having a part-time job. What other ways, practical ways are there to increase your income without necessarily starting a side hustle. Maybe you're too busy at work. Maybe it's just too difficult. Too many things are going on around you, but you need to find ways to increase your income. What do you do? I think look around you. We all got unique talents that we're able to use. So it may be the skills that you have innately that you're able to use, okay? You may be creative person that, I don't know, maybe console that, and you, you love doing it. So you might start, doing alterations for people. You may start making, you know, a lot of people started mask business just because they know how to sew in the current climate. Um, I mentioned it before, looking around your own home, there's things that you are not using that you're able to sell. You go through the children's items, shoes, um, trainers, your clothes. There's always items there that we are not using that somebody else would cherish and love. So some of the items we have, we can start going on eBay or on other, the other shops that you have. Um, and able to sell. What knowledge do you have that you're able to share with someone and, and, and monetize that knowledge? 
monetize the knowledge that you have. Um, one of the things that I think, I think we all have a book in us as well. So, you know, do you have, what is your story? Are you able to start, have an ebook or something that you are able to create that is able to be um, monetized as well? So I think there's opportunities in all angles and all areas of life. It's just whether or not you are open to seeing them, open to receiving them as well. So I think those are top of the things. There's things that you can do online, like um, secret shoppers, and well, obviously not now because of the pandemic, but things like that, um, opportunities that are online for you uh, as well, mm -hmm. affiliate programs. So affiliate program is something that you may share, have a link and share it to people you know, and if people buy that product, then you will receive um, a commission for each person who buys, for example, let's say a book from Amazon, everybody who buys the book from Amazon for your link would be mean that you would receive some form of compensation as well. So there are opportunities as well. And guess what? I believe Google is your best friend. Everything's on YouTube as well that you're able to learn on YouTube as well. So I think make YouTube your best friend also. What do you think about investing? investing yes i haven't touched on that but investing is important part of your financial future and management however the key thing about investing is you need to put in some some time to do your own due diligence and understand what you are investing in i think we all need to our money doesn't earn anything just sitting in the bank okay we all need to get to the point where our foundations are right so uh, we, we try to clear our outstanding debt, uh, our financial management is correct, we have savings, we have emergency funds, those types of things, and then that allows you to use some of that savings for investment, because with an investment, it's, it's you can make money and you can lose money if you have the right due diligence behind you. Um, one thing that I would like to say as well on investing is I, I, I invest and, but I learn by doing, I have to do to learn. So I do due diligence, but I have to do to learn. And there's a number of websites out here right now, one called Free Trade, for example, that you can put 20 pounds in, for example, do some due diligence and, and kind of start learning what investment is, buying shares, seeing if it goes up a little bit and start getting into the understanding of what investing is. Um, I think definitely that's important in, in investments as well whether that's in stocks and shares, um, whether that's long-term investments, short-term investments, but we all need to be looking into how we can invest for the future. That's really good. And thank you very much for that website. Is there any other website you could? Um, yes, so there's, there's, there's free trade. There's a, a platform called to, to, um, I, I, IQ as well. Um, and Harv Greaves Lounsdown. I think everyone should create a Harv Greaves Lounsdown account as well. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, just before we go, one final thing. Now, I know apart from financial um, budgeting and um, financial education, you also help people with um, insurance and um, insurance in general. And I think it's, this is a really important part of, of living, of making sure that you are financially stable. And especially if you're a woman and you live in the UK, um, I think many of us kind of forget this particular area and it's really, really important. So 
could you just give us a little bit, quick education on why insurance is important? What is the minimum type of insurance an individual should have and how you can help us? Okay, thank you for that. Um, just giving you a little bit of background. I've been trained and qualified for over a year and a half now. Um, in 20, for last year, I was awarded the most efficient financial consultant of 2020. Reason why I got involved in this is in, in June 2019, my younger sister had a stroke um, and major brain surgery at the age of 41. Um, and what it said to me was, I realized many people in my community do not have any insurances in place. As you mentioned, sometimes we forget about that element of our financial planning. So I went and got trained and qualified to be able to give advice and guidance and put policies in place. So what type of things are there? There's a number of different rare policies. Most people think of life insurance as the only policy there. And, and in the community, especially my community that come from the black community, sometimes we look at talking about, you know, life insurance and death. It seems like a bit of an omen, like, oh, no, we don't want to talk about those types of things. But it's important, especially in this current climate with the global pandemic that we are faced in with. And I look at it that it's not about planning for death. It's about planning for the ones that you love that you leave behind. Okay, so we're looking at things like income protection that protects your income if you're unable to work because of an accident or sickness and you don't get sick pay from work. We're looking at things like critical illness cover. I don't know about you, Ola, but a lot more younger people are being diagnosed with critical illnesses. My sister had a stroke at 40. That's very young. Critical illnesses in include over 70 different definitions. What I love about that policy is that your children are protected under that policy also. Then we talk about life insurance covering things like financial liabilities that you may have. So there's a number of different insurances and the reason why they're important is because having these things in place provides your family with the sense of security if anything was to happen to yourself, um, especially when you are the main breadwinner of the home or you're a mother with children, you would like to know that you've, you know, Things are set in place for security for your children, if anything, or the unforeseen. Now, everything is dependent on the client's personal needs. But what I will say is you could have an insurance policy in place for as minimum as five pounds. Now, the five pounds may not cover you to, for all your needs, but I believe it's better to have something in place than nothing in place. Yeah, absolutely. And how can you help us? Right, so I offer free consultations. I, you know, to give you the advice and the guidance so you are informed. There's no obligations after that, but my responsibility is to inform in as much people as I can in order, in order for them to have the information, to have the knowledge. So I offer free consultations. You can use the link bit.ly, which is bit.ly forward slash consult with PP. Again, I'll give Ola a link to all these products that you're able to, to share. To share. Um, the budgeting and debt management workshop is a free day workshop. You get all the videos, all the tools sent to you online and it's available for you to go back to for a lifetime. Definitely has helped a number of people who've done that. I also have 
one-to-one programs as well. So I'm free for anybody to get in contact with me as well if they need additional help and support. Thank you very much, Paula. Guys, you've heard it all. Um, the links will be in the show notes or in the comments below. Um, please go ahead and check Paula out uh, in her, on her platform as well. Uh, her platform on all social media is you for us. Um, please check her out. Uh, trust me, I've been at one of her seminars. It's really, really good. And you get practical, actionable tips that you can use immediately to get started. So thank you very much for listening today. If you have any questions, please go ahead and put them in the comments and I'll get Paula or myself to answer them for you. Thank you once again for coming on, listening today, or if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for watching. Cheers. Bye. Hi there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked it. If you did, do me a favor and share, subscribe, or leave a review on iTunes so more people can find the podcast. I'd also love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to leave a comment or contact me with the details um, in the show notes below. Until the next episode, see you, take care, bye-bye.